Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. This morning, I just want to start by asking a question. Can you remember the last time you faced a decision or a situation where you didn't quite know what to do? You know, you couldn't really clearly articulate which uh, way forward was the right way or the wrong way because they both, or maybe even more than both, they all just seemed like really good options. They all seemed viable or plausible. So for me, I just had an experience like this at the start of last year. January 29th was where it really kicked off. So uh, for those of you who are unaware, during that time, I was uh, going through the interview process uh, for the youth pastor role here at Gateway McKenzie. And the week before, I'd preached at our 6pm service on the 22nd. But on the 29th, uh, Rachel, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, she's my wife now, just to clarify, we didn't break up, she's my wife now. And um, I upgraded. Uh, we, we were here to suss out the process because Rachel couldn't be there to watch me preach because, you know, she just had work stuff. And so she came up and we spent all three um, services here sussing it out, getting a feel for the place so Rachel could get to know it. Then at the end of that, we went out for dinner with uh, Tracy to the Carindello Hotel, which was really generous of her. It was a great meal. And, but we got to the end of it and Tracy turned to me and said, Ben, We're so excited. We want to offer you the job as Gateway McKenzie Youth Pastor. And I was like, wow, this is what I'd sort of been aiming for. But I thought I'd be super excited, you know, high fives all around for everyone. But the opposite happened. What happened was as soon as she said it, I just shut down. Like it went blank in my brain. Like it's often, you know, not a lot going on up there. But like this time it was like, blank, like there was nothing, like I don't even know, but it was just nothing happening in there. And the weirdest thing happened, you know how in movies are like, oh, the world started to spin? You know, like I was sitting and the world was spinning. I always thought that was like hyperbole, just a joke. It legitimately happened while I was sitting down looking at the table. Like my overarching memory of that moment is Tracy saying, Ben, we'd like to offer you the job. And then when I close my eyes and picture it in my mind's eye, all I see is a spinning table with black coming into the edges of my vision and me just like, frozen, just stuck, like nothing. Thankfully, Rachel was there because otherwise Tracy would have to deal with like five minutes of non-responsiveness, just me like stuck there in a chair. So Rachel jumps, she's like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. That's great. We loved being here today. Did her thing. She's great like that, always has my back. And uh, she covered for me until all of a sudden my vital signs kicked back into gear and I was able to engage in the conversation. We get to the end and I go, you know what? We're just gonna go away and pray about it. You know, the the really great Christmas thing to pray about it. We were always gonna say yes, but we're just gonna go away and pray about it for a little bit and just in case. But we're driving home and we're just pumped. The first half of the trip, uh, we're going down to the the Gold Coast. So it was like a solid trip, like an hour long trip because my best mate Jace was living down there and we were staying with him, making a bit of a holiday of it because we were from Victoria. So you gotta make the most of every time you get to Queensland. And uh, so we were driving down there. The first half was wild. It was great. We were like high-fiving each other. We were celebrating like, this is awesome. This is so great. What an opportunity. This is awesome. Like we're feeling really good. I probably was breaking the speed limit because I was just so excited. I was like, come on, this is the best. Um, And then Rachel goes and does the worst thing she possibly could have. She turns to me and says, so what do you think this means about us? Now, I mean, come on, what a stitch up. In the car, half an hour still to go. Boys, you know it, like you got to be careful about what you say. And so I did the right thing. My first response was to cry. I just cried. I just bawled my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And then I listed off all of these things that just came to my head really quickly. You know, the first thing, 10 weeks until I start. 
that's plenty of time to get married. Come on, we'll get married in 10 weeks. Now, on the other side of it, 10 weeks, not enough time to get married. Like, that would have been a nightmare. But I thought, like, let's get married. And then she's like, no, we're not going to do that. And I was like, all right. Um, but again, probably a good first answer, guys. You know, if they say what this means about us, let's get married. You know, and they're like, oh, good, he's serious. Um, the second one was like, all right, let's move into state together. We'll live separately and we'll figure it out from there. But let's just, we'll go to Queensland together. I want you there with me. Again, another great thing to say, guys, if you're in that situation. I want you there with me from the start. You know, like, come on, let's go. She's like, nope, that's not going to happen either. So, all right. And then it was like, well, let's do this interstate dating thing. We'll give that a try. And, you know, that was a warm response. But then the, the scary answer that was also sitting underneath all of this was, is this God's way of breaking us up? You know how it is? Like, you're trying to like, mate, we could justify this because, you know, we've been together two and a half years. Things are pretty serious. So let's move into state. And, you know, God might've been trying for the last two and a half years and we just weren't listening because, you know, we were so in love with each other. And uh, then all of a sudden he's like, no, nah, that's it, Ben. You just got to get it. I'm going to move you to Brisbane. And if you don't get it in the next 12 months, I'm going to move you to Africa. You know, like I got to get you apart from this woman, which I don't know why she's amazing. But, you know, there was that opportunity. Like there was those discussions. And we could genuinely say that we could argue either of these decisions would have been the right decision. You know, I tried typing into Google uh, in 2017, uh, where's the Bible verse that says what Ben should do with Rachel? Enter. No results were found. You know, like I couldn't find the Bible verse that told me exactly what to do. And so we were sitting here trying to figure this thing out together. Now, I know that uh, for you guys, you're probably uh, in the same boat or you have had a similar experience, you know, where you've had a moment where you're trying to decide what is the right thing for me to do in this situation? And you feel like you could make a case for multiple different options. And it's hard to try and figure that out. It's like, how do we do this? And maybe for some of you, you've had that uh, in a job. You know, you got the uh, privilege of having two job opportunities come your way. And you go, you know what? Like, this job is good. It's got a few little negatives over here, but this job's also good. And it's got some slightly different negatives over here. I don't know which one I should take. Maybe for some of you, uh, your parents in the room and you've got one of those children who are slightly difficult, you know, you're just at that stage where you're trying to figure out how to have a conversation with them. They've just recently been getting kicked out of class all the time. They've started listening to heavy metal music. They've dyed their hair black. They've got a few piercings, just like my parents had to go through with me. You know, maybe you're sitting there in that boat. You're trying to figure out how do we make this decision? When do we have that conversation? Maybe if there's any singles in the room, you've had this happen before. You are uh, trying to find someone to connect with, you know, and all of a sudden that cute boy is just sending you a few texts. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I wonder if this is something, but maybe this is just me longing to be connected with someone. But I do wonder what our children will look like. You know, you're just like, oh man, this is all going so fast. And you know, it's only been five text messages, but I think that'd be cute. You know, like maybe you're in that boat and you're trying to figure out, is this the right person for me? How do we make those decisions? And I want to acknowledge that for some of us here today, uh, we're sitting on the other side of decisions like that. You know, you're sitting here and you're feeling pretty good about the last few decisions you made. You're like, you know what, I don't know exactly how I did it, but it's all been working out pretty good for me right now. You know, like you're pretty happy. The coin has been good. Every time you flip it, it seems to land on the right decision. But maybe for some of you, you're here today and you're feeling a little bit of anxiety about the next decision you have to make because the last few haven't been very good. Maybe you're feeling a little sense of bitterness or regret about it. Because again, you're going, the last few decisions I made haven't quite panned out the way that I wanted them to. And I don't know if I can trust myself with the next decision. I don't know how I'm gonna be able to handle the next situation. Well, I'm thankful that we have a God who loves us. 
We have a God who wants to meet us in those moments. He doesn't wanna just give us life, give us a few basic rules and then leave us to it. He wants to meet us in those decisions. He wants to help us go through those situations and do it well. And thankfully, we've got a few passages in God's Word that I wanna look at today that I think are gonna help us have a confidence when we come to those decisions, but I also think a framework to use as we deal with these difficult situations and decisions we have to make. Because the truth is, whether you've had it in the past, you're going through it now, we're all gonna face them again in the future. We're all gonna face them again in the future. So let's jump into God's Word and let's see what it has to say for us today as we look at how do we deal with these decisions and situations that we face. So if you'll join me, we're gonna jump into Proverbs chapter eight, verses one to 11. Be on the screen, but I always love us reading our own word and taking little notes. So Proverbs 8, 1 to 11. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Now, when I read that passage, it feels like it's pretty clear that God wants us to have a little bit of wisdom. And for some of you, you're probably thinking ahead, you're like, all right, Ben's going to say that we need more wisdom for our decisions. And on a base level, that's true. But there was something really interesting that I noticed about this passage that I'm not sure we see necessarily on our first read. See, when I think of wisdom, I think of things like, you know, talking to someone and them saying to me, hey, Ben, you should probably go and talk to this person. They have some wisdom that you could use. Or, hey, Ben, here's a book that I think will give you some wisdom for your situation. Or, you know, to be a bit more relevant, here's a podcast here's a video, you know, here's something you can listen to, an audio book that you can listen to that has some wisdom for you. And the reason that I thought this was interesting was because when I think about that sort of wisdom, I think it's a wisdom that we have to go searching for. It's a wisdom that we have to go looking for. It's a wisdom that we have to put some effort into to find it. And so I look at it and I go, I should see in this passage some key words, some things like Hunt for wisdom, find wisdom, long for wisdom, desire wisdom, you know, dig it up out of the ground. You know, those metaphors, like just do all that you can to get wisdom. And what I actually saw, I don't know if you saw it, is in the 11 verses, there's nine times that speaking words are used. You know, phrases such as call out, raise her voice, she cries aloud, you know, my mouth speaks what is true. And I thought that was so interesting because What it's saying is it's not that this wisdom is something that we have to be found, but it's this wisdom is speaking to us. That wisdom is talking. And I thought, wow, that's different. I wonder what that's all about. And as I was reading some extra thoughts around this this passage, I found this incredible quote by A.W. Tozer that really brought it alive to me. Uh, It says this, um, it's in his book, The Pursuit of God, and he's looking at this exact passage and he says this. He says, the universal voice of God was by the ancient Hebrews often called wisdom. 
and was said to be everywhere, sounding and searching throughout the earth, seeking some response from the sons of man. And it was here that it clicked for me. See, often when we think of these ideas of wisdom, we're searching for the wisdom that can be found in man, you know, like the wisdom of people's intelligence, the wisdom of people's experience. But what we're actually being called to here is a wisdom that is found in the voice of God. Not a wisdom that is found in the intelligence of others, but a wisdom that is found in the voice of God. Now, I'm not telling you to stop learning and listening to what other people have to say, but I am encouraging us that this passage seems to suggest that there is a greater wisdom available to us in the voice of God. And that is the wisdom that we are invited to have. That is the wisdom that we are invited to get. And the thing that I love about this is that because it's speaking, we can see that this wisdom is not something that we earn. It's a gift that is given to us. It's a gift that is given to us. See, in Proverbs 2, 6, we see another passage and it says this, it says, for the Lord gives wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And really, that's a great definition of what wisdom is. You know, knowledge and understanding and discernment. For the Lord gives wisdom. So we'd all be people who want wisdom. But it's not, what we're hearing is it's not just something that we have to work for. It's not just something we have to find. It's something that is given to us. And in fact, it's something that we can ask for. You know, just as I can ask Rachel to talk to me about, you know, the footy, which she, you know, I wish she would do a little bit more, but you know, like that's okay. But you know, I can ask her to do that and she can give me the gift of that conversation. And just like that, we can ask God to give us wisdom and He wants to give us that gift. See, in James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And that's what I love. There's these key words, all. He will give it to all of you. He wants to be generous to all of you. And we see time and time again that wisdom is a gift given to us and we all have access to it. And I tell you one of those moments that we see it, when we see a wisdom that is beyond our years. Anytime you see that, you can acknowledge that God gives wisdom. You can see that wisdom is a gift. I had a fantastic example of this last year. We have our surge events, which at youth are our big worship nights. And often we love to get young people up to share testimonies of what God is doing in their life. And we had this uh, one young girl, her name's Katie, and uh, she got up and she shared this incredible story about how God gave her wisdom for a difficult situation. She was going through uh, this, this difficult situation that involved her friendship group. And so she'd had a group of friends that she was a part of and she wasn't really feeling like they were great at helping her go further in her faith, helping her uh, become a person of greater character. You know, they weren't helping her become the person that she wanted to be when she finished school. And so she faced this difficult situation of, do I need to find a new friendship group? Now, let's be honest, when you're a teenager, that is a nightmare of a decision to have. There's so many social consequences of that and it's a difficult thing to do. And so she wanted some wisdom. And so she asked God and she sought God's wisdom. You know, do I stay with this group of friends? Because one of those things can be said, do I stay with this group of friends and try and lead them all to Jesus and then we'll all be sweet, you know? Or is it more of a risk for my faith and do I need to find another group of friends and then influence them a bit more from like, you know, the outside coming in, you know, like that. And so she felt like God said, get some new friends, find some new people. And she's got some incredible friends around her now. But that wasn't the thing that really impressed me. I mean, that was wisdom. Because again, at 16, I was doing the exact opposite. You know, I was trying to find cooler friends. That was what I was hoping for. But Katie like asked God for that. But she said this incredible thing. She had this quote in the middle of it that I still remember perfectly clear. Like out of everyone that talked that night, this was the one thing I remember. She said to all of her peers, 11 to 17, 
you should never feel guilty for making wise decisions. You should never feel guilty for making wise decisions. And again, because I remembered where I was at 16 years of age, it's like, holy moly, that is wisdom. But that's not a wisdom that's found in the opinions of man or other. That's a wisdom that comes from the voice of God because she was given what she needed to do. But then she was given a word that gave her the confidence to do it because it wasn't found in other people's opinions. It was found in the wisdom of God. And that is the incredible thing. See, Katie didn't earn it because she was smart. I mean, she's a smart cookie, but like she doesn't get it because of her intelligence. She doesn't get it because of her age. She gets it because she asked God for it. And the great news is that there is nothing that any of you here can use to disqualify yourself. You can be an average Joe bloke like me, just upstairs, you know, you're not anything brilliant. You can have wisdom because it's a gift. You can be someone here who's young. You might feel like I'm under 25. I don't know if wisdom's a thing I can have. You can have it because wisdom is a gift. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter the length of your beard. Any of you can have wisdom. It's a gift that is given to us by God. And so whatever situation you are facing, whatever it is that you are going through, wisdom is with you. Wisdom wants to guide you and wisdom is found in the voice of God. And this is an incredible gift. And we see it all through this proverb that actually wisdom is speaking to us and wants to give us all these incredible things. Wisdom wants to give us the gift that it is. It just has these two little phrases that show us our responsibility in the midst of this. Two little phrases. And the first is found in verse six. And the start of verse six, it just says this little word. It says, listen. Listen. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. And it's that simple for us. The first thing we have to do, if we are people who want to receive the gift of wisdom in our situations and decisions, we have to be people who listen. We have to be people who listen, who have the ability to, though we ask the opinions of others, have the ability to block them out for a moment, to not worry what other people are saying, to actually silence our own inner dialogue that you know, is constantly trying to decide what's going on and what's the right thing to do and how should we do it and stop and silence ourselves and listen for the voice of God. Listen for it. See, I remember for myself uh, a moment again, Rachel and I, we'd been together for about nine months at the time. Now you guys all know what the first nine months are like. It's magical, it's fairies, it's rainbows, it's beautiful, you know, grass fields with flowers everywhere. You know, everything about the other person is perfect. You know, their hair, their scent, the fact that they chew with their mouth open, it's all perfect, you know, all of those things. There's nothing that they can do that's wrong. But all of a sudden you get to that nine to 12 month part and all of a sudden you've got three fights in three weeks and the whole thing's falling apart, you know? It's an absolute disaster. Three fights, three weeks, all over insignificant things, you know? And you're standing there, well, maybe sitting or lying in your bed, crying out to God, God, I thought you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. It's been three fights in three weeks. It's heavy. It hurts. Why? You know, like, come on. But we all know a good relationship and good marriage is great. It's never easy, but it's great. But we're sitting there in the midst of the third fight. Again, all my fault, all my fault, always. Um, I'm the annoying partner, you know, like that's my role. And um, we, we're there and uh, Rachel's like, Ben, what do you think we should do? And I said, oh, I don't really know. Like, you know, it has been difficult for the last three weeks. Those three fights were really bad. But, you know, like, I don't know. And she's like, Ben, I think we should just stop and listen. Just listen to what God has to say to us. Again, she's the smart one. She's the wise one. And uh, we sit there and I'm listening to God. I'm like, God, what is it that you want me to do? 
And I can still remember him. He speaks to my heart, speaks to my mind, and he says, Ben, I want you to continue to choose Rachel. They were the words I got, continue to choose Rachel. And I remember just sitting there in God's presence. I was like, wow, God, that is so good. But please, which Rachel? You know, like, <laughs> I just don't know. Nah, it's that one over there, the one that I married. And I wasn't with another Rachel at the time, just to confirm, all right? It was her the whole time. But I got given that word. And I tell you what, that brought great certainty. I was able to move forward with a conviction. You know what? I felt like God said, continue to choose you. You know, that's who I'm going to choose. And the great thing about that was, you know, in six month time when things got hard again, where was I? I was like, all right, what do I need to do? Continue to choose Rachel. Continue to choose Rachel. That's what I fall back on. Anytime things get hard, continue to choose Rachel. Even when things are good, continue to choose Rachel. Because that was what I got when I listened for the voice of God and found the wisdom that He wanted to give me. That was what I got. And that is what's available for each and every single one of us. Because if whatever situation we're facing, wisdom is with us, then all we have to do is listen to it. All we have to do is just go, all right, I'm just gonna stop the noise and I'm gonna listen. I'm just gonna listen. It's a simple and easy thing to do. And it, it will be life-changing. It'll speak into your decisions and situations. I've just, I had a conversation recently with a young adult who's in the midst of going through, you know, um, university, they're in their bachelor degree. They wanna do their masters, they're halfway through. And all of a sudden God's placed on their heart this call like ministry. They just keep feeling like God keeps calling them to ministry. And he comes to me, he said, I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where. Like, I don't know any of those things. I said, mate, you're doing great. You're listening to God. If He's giving you the wisdom to know where He wants to call you in life, you just have to be wise enough to continue to listen to it because He will tell you when, He will tell you where, He will tell you how, He will tell you what it looks like for you. He will sort all of these things out if you just keep listening. And it's the same principle for us. We just have to be people who keep listening. Keep listening. So that's the first responsibility for us. Wisdom is speaking to us. Wisdom wants to give us the gift of its presence and, and its wisdom. But our responsibility is to listen. The second thing we have to do is found in verses 10 and 11. And uh, they say this. They say, choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. It's just at the start there again. It's just this. It's choose wisdom. Choose wisdom. And it's interesting because wisdom will always give us an option. It will always call us in one direction. But wisdom is always in competition with another option. See, there's this weird little verse at the start in verse two where it talks about how wisdom meets us at the highest point where the paths cross. See, wisdom is needed when we have multiple options. That's when we need wisdom. And that's where wisdom meets us. But the truth is that wisdom is never going to force us down one of those roads. Wisdom is, it says, standing at the corner of the intersection. And wisdom will point you down one of the roads. And yet you can still choose to go down the other. See, whatever you're going to face and whatever situations you're dealing with, there's always going to be multiple options. It can be around work. You could be wanting to work at a bank and one bank is gonna pay you more, which means you'll be able to provide for your family better, but it's gonna support unethical businesses. And so you're like, well, this is good for our family, but I feel a little insecure about where my money's coming from. Another business, you know, another bank might offer you less money, but they only support ethical companies. And you're like, well, it's gonna be a bit tighter for my family. And I'm not sure how that's gonna work. 
but at least I feel good about where my, my money's coming from. And in those moments, wisdom will point you one of those ways, but you'll still have the option to choose the other one. And there will be different things for different people. For some of us, the option down the other way will have things attached to it like power, things like money, things like influence, you know, things like great houses and all that sort of stuff or other things that we uh, find ourselves tempted towards, find ourselves called towards. But wisdom will invite us the other way. But it's always our option to be people who choose wisdom. And so for us, that is our responsibility. We must be people who choose wisdom. And it's not always gonna be easy. See, for Rachel and I, when we ended up making our decision about what our relationship was gonna look like last year, we ended up making the decision to do interstate dating. You know, let's go, I'm gonna move to Brisbane, you stay here, we'll figure out engagement, we'll figure out wedding, we'll figure all that stuff out as we go. That was our call. Now, I'm gonna be honest, we had friends, people around us who thought that was the wrong call. They're like, why don't you guys just break up? Like, that's what's gonna happen. Interstate dating is impossible. You know, they're like, just do it. You know, you're gonna go from having, you know, lived 10 minutes drive from each other, seeing each other every single day to two days drive. And you're only gonna see each other a couple of days a month. That's gonna be way too hard. You know, just, you know, maybe you're meant to break up. Maybe that's what you're meant to do. Or why didn't she just move up? We had people question all of those decisions. And yet we knew that this was the wise way forward for us multiple reasons. You know, like, firstly, I got to finish at my last job well. You know, I got to be able to say, you know what, I got 10 weeks left. I'm not going to try and plan a, a wedding in the midst of that. I was able to focus on leaving well and set them up so they could succeed when I left. You know, I was able to do that. Not only that, then I was able to come up here and focus on work and settling into a new state. Because if I got married, I would have hit the trifecta. Newly married, new job, new state. Talk about three of the most stressful things you can do all at the same time. All I would have need to do was speak at my own funeral to really cap it off, you know, like something crazy like that. And it was great for Rachel. She was able to honour her family, invest in the family business for another eight months to help them out with some stuff. She was able to, you know, invest in her friends and say goodbye really well. And she was able to plan a wedding that happened in Victoria from Victoria, which is a game changer because you can actually go and see the venues, which is always helpful. You know, like we were able to have all of these things happen because we actually followed what we felt God was calling us to, despite what some of our friends and loved ones said to us. And the truth is that's something we're all gonna have to face at the same time. When wisdom calls us down certain roads, there's gonna be certain people who won't agree with it. There's gonna be certain people who think their wisdom is better than yours that they have more wisdom than yours. They can see the, the situation more clearly. But the great thing is that when we choose to be people who follow God's wisdom, even when it looks foolish, we're following a fantastic example. We're following the example of Christ. See, we see a couple of uh, verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 18, that says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And then in verse 25, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And we see that Christ faced this dynamic, that the, that the message of the cross seemed foolish to so many people. When Jesus told Peter, Hey, Peter, and the rest of the disciples, I'm, I'm going to go to the cross, I'm going to die. Peter rebuked him because Peter was like, No, you're not. That's dumb. Why would you go and do that? Because Peter had a different view of what Jesus' purpose was. See, Peter, uh, he saw Jesus as the Messiah. And so he thought Jesus is gonna set us free from the Romans. 
Let's start a revolution. And Jesus, you don't wanna die at the start. It doesn't inspire the troops. Hey guys, let's go take this city. I'm dead. You know, like no one's like, all right, let's keep going. You know, like at the Messiah, he's already dead. That's not inspiring. So Peter goes, Jesus, it's wrong, man. You can't do that. If we wanna take the Romans, you have to be there until the end. I, I appreciate the metaphor. You're willing to die for the cause. I get it, that's inspiring. But don't actually do it. Don't actually die. Like that's not the way forward. And yet Jesus knew that God's wisdom was not about the nation of Israel overthrowing the Romans, but was about God overthrowing sin and death and Satan. And that actually going to the cross was how that was gonna be achieved. That was God's wisdom. It seemed foolish. And yet that was what was needed, not just for them, but for us that we would need the cross and what Jesus achieved on it for us to be saved and to have eternal life with Him. That was what we needed, even though it seemed so foolish. And so for us, we're gonna face that same dynamic from time to time. There's gonna be things that we are called to do, that we're gonna hear the voice of God give us wisdom to do. And it is gonna seem foolish to others. My encouragement to to you is to choose it anyway. My final little thing that I wanna just get us to understand about this is that when we are listening for the voice of God, we always have to check it with the Word of God. See, we have a fair few different little voices going on in our head. You know, I've got my own inner dialogue. I've got God speaking to me. I've got Satan trying to have a go from time to time. I've got my wife telling me which milk, which milk to buy when I'm you know, at the milk store. Don't buy the cheap one. You know, like you've got all of these different little voices in your head, you know, trying to help you uh, or hinder you from making the right decision. And whenever we ask God for wisdom, the best thing we can do when we feel like, I think this is what God wants me to do, is to run it through His Word. Run it through His Word. Because if you come up to me after this service and you say, you know what, I've got a difficult neighbour, really difficult neighbour, and you know what, I really felt like God told me to burn his fence down, you know? You know I really feel like that's what God wants me to do because he just won't mow his, you know, his, his yard. So I'm gonna burn his fence down, hopefully he catches the rest of the yard, we're all good. Think that's what God wants me to do. I'm probably gonna talk to you about how God wants us to turn the other cheek, talking about us loving our neighbour as ourselves. And I think there's somewhere in there about respecting other people's property, somewhere I'm pretty sure I could find that for you too. You know, like these are the things that we're gonna find in God's Word. And if it doesn't go through it, then that's not God telling you what to do. It's probably your own creative imagination going, you know, it'd be fun to light a fence on fire. But if you have a word that you feel is from God and you put it through it and it goes through, you don't find anything that comes up against it, I would encourage you to step out in faith. Maybe this is really what God wants me to do and I'm gonna do it because I really needed His wisdom and I think He gave it to me. That would be my encouragement to you. My one final warning and it's more like an encouragement, keep doing it, but just to be aware of, is that when you decide to be people who ask for wisdom in your situations and the decisions that you face, you have to be ready to hear it everywhere. See, wisdom has a, a brilliant ability to meet you in a whole variety of different places. See, I remember when it met me on the golf course. I was uh, a couple of shots in front of my friend and he'd shanked one off into the bushes and I'd landed on the green, but behind a weed. And all I wanted to do was just move that ball just 30 centimetres in front of that weed, just make the putt a little bit easier for me. And wisdom met me there as I went to pick it up and was like, no, I don't think you want to do that. He's like, well, actually I do. No, you don't. He's like, all right. I was like, I do. He's like, no, if I can't trust you with the little things, I can't trust you with the big things. I was like, all right, I won't do it. You know, those are the things that are going to happen. It'll be when you're invoicing clients, you know, you technically work 16 hours and you feel this prompting 
you know what? I think I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to say, I'm going to charge him for 14. You know, I'm just going to be generous with that. You know, be little things about your mate. You know, you're having a conversation with them. You just, you pick up on something. Oh, things don't seem right in their marriage right now. That just seemed like something wasn't great. Wisdom will speak to you about how to broach that with your friend, how to have that conversation to, you know, support them and encourage them and, and help them navigate it. You know, wisdom will speak to you in those moments. Wisdom will even meet you, you know, when you're just talking with friends or you're trying to make decisions about who you're hanging out with at uni or at school or in your workplace. Wisdom will meet you there and speak to you. So when you go down this road, be ready for it. Wisdom wants to speak to you. Wisdom wants to give you that gift. We just have to be people who keep listening and choose it. And I think it's really special for us because I believe that we live in a world that is rich in knowledge, but poor in wisdom. Rich in knowledge, but poor in wisdom. And I actually think that God wants to give us this gift, not just for ourselves and our situations, but to be people who give wisdom to the world around us. To be people who give wisdom to those that we live, work and laugh with. To be people who have this gift that we don't just keep for ourselves, but give to others. And I believe that it will be a a weapon that God will use to show people His goodness. It will be what God will use to speak His life into their situations, to show people His love and His goodness and His faithfulness. And I was just thinking, if we chose to be wise people, what a difference it would make, not just for us, but for the people around us. See, I think if we chose to be people who sought wisdom, then we would all of a sudden gain the influence to speak intelligently into social conversations. Not just what to say, but when to say it and how to say it that we would be people who would be invited to bring wisdom into the personal life events of our co-workers, our neighbours, our friends, our family, because they would recognise us as people of wisdom. That we would be invited to speak into relational dysfunction, to be a voice of hope, redemption and reconciliation because we are seen as people of wisdom. And that we would get there and they would go, why do you know this? How do you get this? And we're like, I don't have it figured out, but I know the one who does. I listen to God who gives wisdom, not just for my situations, but for your situations. And yes, I've listened to what He said into your situation, but you can do that yourself. If you'll come into relationship with Jesus, He wants to speak into every situation and every decision that you face because He doesn't wanna just leave you on your own. He wants to be with you. He wants to help you as you navigate life. It's why this whole passage about wisdom speaking to us because it's a gift that we can have, any one of us at any time, for anyone. And so we need to be people who choose wisdom, not just for ourselves, but for what it is for everyone else for the gift that we can be as a church, as individuals, as we be wise people who listen to the wisdom that comes from the voice of God, who choose it, who tell people about it, who invite people to experience it. That's who we can be. That's what we can be. And we choose to seek the wisdom that comes from the voice of God. And I know that right now that each one of us is potentially facing situations and decisions that we don't quite know what to do with. And it's difficult sometimes. And what I wanna do is I wanna give you guys now the opportunity and the space to listen for the voice of God, to speak into your situations right now. See, in a moment, we're gonna just spend 30 seconds to a minute, just waiting on God, just asking Him to speak to us this morning. Because I believe the situations and decisions that you are facing right now, God wants to speak into. 
In fact, he probably already is speaking. We just need to be listening. So we're gonna do that and we're just gonna create that space, that opportunity for you to just stop and still the noise and listen to the wisdom of God. And then after we do that, I wanna give you guys the opportunity to come down the front and just get some extra pair. I don't wanna underplay the fact that some of you are facing quite difficult and hard to determine situations, things that are emotionally volatile for you guys, things that are hard to figure out because it feels like there's a lot on the line and you find it hard to trust yourself in hearing God. And so as the prayer team and the pastoral team will be here, we wanna listen with you. We wanna support you in that. We wanna just listen to what it is that God might have to say about those situations and those decisions. But firstly, we wanna give you the opportunity to listen first because God wants to speak to you. He doesn't need to speak to me to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. So if you'll just close your eyes, bow your head. We just wanna remove all distractions as best we can. And I'm just gonna pray. And then we're just gonna seek and listen to what it is that God has to say to us in our situations this morning. So Jesus, we wanna thank you for the fact that you are speaking to us this morning. I wanna thank you that you wanna give us your wisdom. And I just pray right now that your voice would be clearly heard in the lives of these incredible people here. That their situations and decisions would all of a sudden have your perspective and vision on it. And so Lord, I just pray right now that you would just speak to us. moment you want to continue to speak to us, that even as actually we walk out of these church doors, you will continue to speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be people who would continually listen to you, listen to your wisdom and to choose it each and every time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.